0: You know the vibe. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K24. Get your copy from the link in the description right now. It's myself, Mamounsi. Alongside me is always the three-time NBA champion, BJ Armstrong, and our weekly guest, the resident GM, Mr. Scott Perry, all the way from the parking lot. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing great. I'm getting closer to that parking lot, bro. Well, we're, we're going, keep going that to, we'll to keep that the parking <laughs> <line>. Exactly.
0: <laughs> BJ, how are you doing? How's yeah. the nerves doing? Hey, we're taping real? this and you guys are going to hear this on Monday, but we're taping it before the Lions game, so you know what it is. Uh, yeah. it w- we will see. We will see you all in Vegas for the Super
2: Bowl. All right, <laughs> put that down. Uh, you know, Scott you, can attest. I've been saying that since the beginning of the season, but I also yeah. been saying that my whole life. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, the odds he, are, odds are in my favor at this stage. So the hey, odds yeah, are got to be right he, one
1: he, time. He may he may finally be able to come through. I'm asking. Yeah. That, you're not going to Santa Clara this weekend? That's a quick flight for you.
2: It's Super Bowl or bust for me. I'm, I'm not, okay? I don't want to see them for regular season you, yeah. or postseason games. I just want to see the Super Bowl. Uh, I've been waiting this I, long, Scotty. What's one more okay.
1: game. Okay. All right. You know, I'm going to be watching, though. We'll see.
0: I'm pulling for you. I'd like to see him win. So We'll see. see. We'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. But we got a lot to talk about in the NBA. And uh, the trade deadline is edging closer and closer. We've seen some moves recently. So I wanted to dive straight in to get into which teams need to make a move. So, Scott, let's start with you. I want three teams that you think have to make a move by the trade deadline if they want to contend for a championship or sort out the direction of the team or whatever the reasoning may be. Which team is at the top of your list? Which team is it imperative for them to make a move?
1: I have three teams that are all in contention for the title. Mm -hmm. And the first one is going to be the Phoenix Suns. Now, they don't have a lot of draft capital, as we know, but I do think as currently constructed, uh, they need some help. Uh, They need either another player to put along that front line to add some physicality to help them uh, be a better rebounding team, or if they could get a guard, uh, they could play downhill. We talked about it on our last broadcast to kind of take a little bit of the responsibility off of both Devin Booker and and uh, Bradley Beal, who have both done a nice job to this point with it. But I still think you're going to as you get further into that playoff mix, you're going to need somebody to play that way. So they stand out to me. They have a couple uh, trade exceptions, kind of mid-tier trade exceptions. Around six and a half uh, a million bucks, one to six and a half million. I think the other's about five point eight that they could add. They can be players in the buyout market, but again, and they, this, are this, they
0: this, not, uh, No, no. But no, I'm going to
1: tell you, no, yeah, no, they are. But I was getting ready to um, okay, okay. expound on that. They can be, a, but if a guy has made making more than twelve point four million dollars pre-existing salary to being bought out. Then they can't jump in with that guy. But if there happens to be a player who's at that level or below this bought out, then they could look at at signing that player. So those are the ways yeah. they got to try to get better. And I think they have three second round picks uh, as well that they could to try to utilize. Not a lot there, but I think you got to try to get creative because their window is now. You know, I, let's, let's not let's not sugarcoat it. Their window is right now.
0: I think that the trade exceptions you mentioned are absolutely key for them because when you look at their salary sheet, they've got three players in Booker, Beal, and KD who take up max salary slots. And then aside from really Nurkic and Grayson Allen, everyone else there is pretty much on a minimum deal. So it's going to be hard for them to make these moves. And even if they do, they can maybe make one, maybe two at a push. Right. Um, so we're gonna have to see how that goes but who's the second team on your list
1: second team on the list is the milwaukee bucks
0: mm-hmm. now they just
1: made a big move obviously in in changing the coach so they brought a championship coach in to the group but i think they've got to address the elephant in the room look we know when the trade was made uh with dame lillard uh coming in and sending out drew holiday that you got a better offensive player in by far but you got a subpar defender in as it as he relates and stacks up next to Drew Holiday, who Pretty was an nice all team. defensive player. Exactly. <laughs> at least stacks up next to any other
0: guy. It, exactly. Let's just but, call it what it is.
1: But as you know, again, as front office, you got to look at this thing: who's playing next to Dame Lillard. Malik Beasley has been their starting two guard this year, and really, this is his first full year of being a starter. I mean, he's always been best suited as a guy to come off the bench. He's not known for his defensive prowess either. He spaces the floor. He can shoot threes, but I think he could do that as well on the uh, second unit with this with ball club. Somehow, can they use their limited resources uh, to bring in a player again? Look at the buyout market. They, just like Phoenix, can't be in that upper tier buyout market. The guy's got to have made $12.4 million or less, uh, but can they get somebody in that uh, in that realm or trade one of their existing rotational players for another player who brings a defensive component to the backcourt because my problem with the Bucks right now, yeah, they made a change with the coach, but what hasn't changed is that your point of attack and BJ can uh, uh, speak to this. Your guards are your point of attack defensively. And if you're subpar, both positions defensively, that's problematic and, and as great a coach as doc rivers is that's going to be a challenge for him as well so again that's why i put them as my second team
0: solid solid pick how about the third team on your list
1: i'm gonna go down south and i'm gonna to go to the dallas mavericks okay um yeah um i like this team you know obviously they have two high-end stars with luca Doncic and and kyrie irving but I think they need to get a third player, a wing player who can create more offense. And again, they they have a little more capital than those other team, teams we talked about. I think they could trade either their 26 or 27 first round pick. You know, maybe package that with one of their bench players and see if they could get that type of player. could help take some of the load off of both Luka Doncic and uh, Kyrie Irving. So those are my three. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting that I didn't have either of those three teams. BJ, who have you got?
2: Well, you know, I think those were excellent teams and I think Scott made excellent points and I agree with all his teams actually in the order that he stated them. However, I want to point out some other teams that I think are going to have to address one being the Denver Nuggets. Okay, I think it's listen. They have a they have an elite player at Jokic. However, their depth is m- missing this year as comparing to last year, which allowed them to get those sixteen wins. Which eventually, for them being crowned champ- champions just a year ago, they're gonna they're missing Jeff Green, and they're missing Bruce Brown, and I think mm-hmm. they're gonna have to figure out how to shore up their bench, I think their starting five is terrific. However, you're gonna need those timely contributions from someone off the bench and both of those guys, Jeff Green and Bruce Brown, they were terrific for the Denver Nuggets just a year ago. So I'm looking for them to maybe add something that can help them get a little depth coming off their bench. 2nd your Boston Celtics. We've been saying that all year. we've been talking about what they're going to do, Mo. Yep. And clearly, without adding a piece, I think they currently now, as is, they have the best record in the league let you tell it they are the last team in the league if you listen to mo he's picked them to lose every game <laughs> you know <laughs> but we've all caught on we've all caught on <laughs> but i think they will i think they will be very active to look to add the right piece for this group and so i, I think that's one of the teams and then i kind of have a debate and you know i i'm as you guys know earlier in the season i picked sacramento uh that to kind of do something that, you know i think sacramento yeah. however but i'm going to say philadelphia okay i'm going to say philly mm-hmm. i think philly right now you know joel is playing guys he's playing i don't know if he can play any better i mean what he's doing offensively i mean he is i mean this guy's averaging over a mm-hmm. point a minute i think it's now the time i think they've always felt this but when you see your star player and MVP playing at this caliber, I think it puts pressure on the organization to say we got, we better get this done because I don't know how much longer he can continue to play at this level. Is this a two or three year process? Is it just this year? So I look for them if the opportunity presents itself to, for them to make a move because I don't want to be on the podcast if they lose in the first, or second I round because I, mo I is gonna, mo and the rest of the world is going to go I, I don't even know what they're going to do they're, they're, they're going to oh, go beyond oh, oh. so Been i, I think right first now round? make gonna, day. but yes they're going to look at i think they they're, they're gonna they're forced to now especially the way joel's playing and i think tyrese maxey for the first time will be an all-star he will be named an all-star this year
0: okay but mo, you then mo, have a school of thought of If it's not broken, don't fix it. I mean, they're playing great basketball right now. How do you evaluate that, Scott? Well, I think
1: BJ used the terminology, the right move. I thought about them as one of the teams, but I also look at them as a team that could be heavy players this summer in the trade market, and they're going to have some cap space. So they probably, to get the ideal fit, it will occur then, but who knows what happens in the next couple of weeks. So I think you got to be close to the phones and see if something does arise that's going to fit in with that group. I said this uh, the other day when I was uh, doing another podcast in New York. When you make a trade, especially a mid-season trade, a couple things are at play. You're not only – getting the basketball player and his talents and his statistics that he's registered to that point, but you're getting the person and personality. How does that guy fit? And you have a very short window to make that fit and work when you're doing it in season with just a couple months to go before playoffs start. So I think they have to be very careful. um, If they were to do something right now, um, not to say that I wouldn't, but it's got to definitely be the right kind of person, would as it, well as the. Would it be the, a third star, or
0: would you be looking for more of a depth piece?
1: It doesn't. T- I mean, it doesn't have to be a third star. It's just be a third good player that can sc- I, I think it needs to be a wing player who can score, uh, create some off the the dribble, and uh, and then also not sacrifice your defensive integrity. Uh, that's what they w- would need to to find to add to that. So it doesn't have to be a, a, a superstar player. Look, they've got the guy who may be a repeat MVP right now. The way he's playing, he's got to be the leader in the clubhouse. BJ just mentioned Tyrese Maxey. It probably is going to be a first time All Star. So you got two All Stars in the building. Get you another really good player.
0: Uh, if he happens to be All Star, great. If not, um, that's not the end of the world to me. So the first two teams, BJ mentioned Boston and Denver. Uh, they're kind of in similar boats. They've got a great starting five, maybe Boston starting six. Um, but then their bench is a lot of guys on rookie contracts, a lot of guys on minimum contracts. How do you, as a front office, look at the trades? Because, you know, BJ and I went through some proposed trades earlier this week, and a lot of them involved combining those salaries in order for a better player to come in and off the, come off the bench. However, when you're trading out two, three guys in exchange for one guy, to make up the salary for him, you lose depth by definition because it's just less bodies. Although you may have an increase in talent, you're losing the amount of bodies that would potentially be available. And then Mm -hmm. for different matchups, you lose different skill sets.
1: Well, I think the importance, when you talk about combining players to bring back one, nobody should know your roster better than you as an executive. So if there's a player On your roster currently right now that wouldn't be included in the trade but would be bumped up because we traded out two guys ahead of him but we're confident that this player can help us win basketball games he just needs time and and you go you can go ahead and roll with it that's that's part of your job as an executive of really knowing your team inside and out whether you can Handle a two for one trade at this time ty- uh, at this time of year, because you're saying that one player is going to add a certain value that you think makes you better, and then you've got someone currently on your roster that you really, and I don't want to say roll the dice, but someone that you have evaluated and said, you know what, um, with extended opportunity, I think you know I've watched him practice, I've watched him get opportunities in games, he's ready to take on a bigger role. And you
0: got to go for it. That's part of roster building. Well, it's nice that you two both picked teams that have we have in the contention bracket. And later in this episode, we're going to get to our true contenders. Um, but the three teams I picked are teams that sit outside of that contender status, who I think need to make moves to get into that realm. Uh, the first one, as I mentioned when BJ was giving his, is the Sacramento Kings. Last season, they finished third in the West. Currently, they're sitting seventh in the West. And last season was exciting, making the playoffs for the first time in however many hundreds of years, and then uh, lighting the beam and whatnot. But they've been kind of stagnant since then. And when I look at their team, I just feel like they could do with an upgrade, especially with, you know, the way De'Aaron Fox can play. Um, I would like to see them get an upgrade, and especially looking at their roster in the Western Conference, if you've got to go through the Nuggets – I don't know if playing Savonis at the five is the way to do it. When you look at building championship teams now, when you look at the Bucs, when you look at the Nuggets, you know, I, I'm thinking I would rather have Savonis as my fault. So I'd be looking to make a trade if I was the Kings. What do you guys think of that?
1: Oh, def- very good team to to mention. And, and I think should be actively looking to add toughness to this basketball team. I don't care what position is that, but, but more to your point, Uh, I I see a need on the front line because look, when you get into playoff basketball, everybody knows what everybody else is doing and it's going to get down a lot of times who's the more physical and who's the tougher team because I'm not going to let you play to your first option consistently throughout a series. I'm going to force you to go to your second and third counters in terms of what you're running. Uh, from an offensive standpoint, and each individual player. I'm going to try to force you out of your comfort zone because we're locked in. And so I, as I watch this team right now, I don't see a team that is very physical. When teams play them physically, uh, they struggle with that. And they're not the best defensive team uh, either. So uh, they can score with anybody. And I love the ascension of De'Aaron Fox, and I love how Sabonis is playing. That's a great two-man team, but I think this team
0: uh, has to add some toughness. So I like that pick, Mo. BJ, you almost picked them as well. So what would you kind of be looking at from a Kings perspective?
2: Well, you know, the, I thought last year they were just terrific. They, I mean, they took the lead by storm in the way they played. They, played, they were the fastest playing team in the NBA, and they committed to that. However, what has happened is now I think teams now have been able to scout them. And I, I, I agree with what Scott said. They're gonna have to add toughness. And I, not a guy that has to come in and suddenly you wanna fight and and do all that. Right. When I say toughness, right. like you want to look for a guy who's gonna do all the dirty work that's necessary. Loose balls, set screens take on the opposing team's best interior, exterior player, whatever, whoever they identify that can play their style, their brand of basketball. So I think they're going to have to add a certain amount of toughness of someone that can come in and contribute to this current group as is without taking away. You're going to have to give up something to get that player. However, you want to add a component to your group that's missing. Right. And I think that they're going to have to figure out, and that probably will be a current starter. I would imagine. You know, there will probably be a guy that's in their top eight, let's just say in their top eight that they're going to have to probably give up and add a player who's going to have to give them a dimension and bring that to this group that they currently don't have. And I think that will carry them a long way. Cause if there's one thing that is missing and I agree with what Scott said is that they're going to have to add a level of toughness because that's not what they do. You know, they, 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 they didn't grind many games out last year just, because they didn't play well on the offensive end. And if you're going to win in the playoffs, as we know, you're going to have to figure out how to get stops in order to win some of these games in a seven game series.
0: I like that. Uh, the second team on my list is the Golden State Warriors. If you're going with Steph Curry and Clay and Draymond, then <laughs> you've got to figure something out because right now, what's the point? Are we just going to be happy with these guys riding off into the sunset as a playing team? I mean, you guys have got some young guys over there in the bay, and I understand you want to keep some guys for your future and this, 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 and that, that, that. but come on, you—if you're going to go all in, go all in fully. Don't be half in, half out. So I, I got the warriors there that if I was them, I'd be looking to make a move. I see you laughing, Scott. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I, no, well. <laughs>
1: I think with the Warriors, what we're trying to do, we're trying to get them. (laughs) We're we're talking about them from three years past or four years ago when all those guys were younger, pre-clay injuries, all those things. This group has aged a little bit now. And to expect them to get back to who they were, those three, as a collective, I don't know that that's very realistic and there's nothing against I, any of them. Cause I love them all. And I think they're all terrific basketball players, but if you're golden state, I mean, this kid Kaminga is playing great right now. I wouldn't be giving him up because you got to play, you know, there's going to be a lot of basketball. If you play in years to come, he's playing extremely well. He's fine. It seems like he's gaining his confidence. Um, and he's going to be a player in this league. Um, uh, And they're another team, like the teams that I mentioned and the teams that Breezy brought up, that have limited resources to go make a big trade that's going to make a difference. Mm. Uh, In my opinion, Golden State, I don't know that there's a move to be made at the deadline that's going to put them in the hunt to be a champion. I think they've got to just be evaluating the remainder of this year and get ready to make their splash moves. This all season. That's my opinion.
0: Okay. Okay. BJ.
2: Well, you see like, well, we talk about this every week, but well, let's <laughs> talk about it one more time. <laughs> I think we need to say this. <laughs> mm-hmm. The move that has to be made with every championship run is the following. At what point do you break this up? At what point? Like, you want to respect what this group has done. And I think they've earned the right to play it all the way to the end. Well, guys, we're about at the end now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when you, as an executive, and maybe Scott can touch on this, at some point here, you have to look into the future. Scott, amazingly, as an executive, he brought up Kaminga because Kaminga, to me, clearly, is the feature of this organization. Now, at some point, you got to commit to the future and say, this young man is going to be a piece. Is he a top three guy? Is he the number one guy? I don't know any of that. But what I do know is he can do something in this league. Okay, the guy goes, what, 10 for 10 the other night or something like that? Oh, he had a this, great game. This guy yeah, can do something. Exactly. So mm-hmm. he clearly now has moved up in the organization as far as he's going to be a core piece. When you look at this roster, and we're talking about the big three, Steph is what, 35 now, 36? 35, yep. Clay, you know what? He's had a couple of injuries. Draymond now is, you know, where he's at in his career, 33 years or so, 34. Mm -hmm. Now you're looking at saying, the million-dollar question, or the billion-dollar question is, what are we going to do with Steph Curry? Is Steph Curry going to go through the rebuild or the retooling, as we like to call it now? Or are we going to begin to trade to try to piecemeal this thing and allow Steph Curry to be on the fringe as is and be in the eighth spot? Because no executive wants to just be tiptoeing into the playoffs every year because the middle of the pack is probably the one place you don't want to be in this league as far as trying to rebuild or put together a team so i think the question comes down to steph what is it you really want to go through i think that's what it comes down to and if steph wants to go through it then they're going to have to make some trade with probably one or possibly two of their big three guys right if not if he doesn't want to go through it at some point you're going to have to figure out and I don't think any executive wants to say I was the guy who traded Steph Curry. I don't think anyone wants to say that. Okay. <laughs> what he's done to that organ, what he's done for that organization, but. They are what currently four or five games below 500. It doesn't yeah. look like it's getting any better. I don't think they have any wiggle room to really, and what, it, what can they possibly get back? So I All think right. it comes down to what is the realistic possibility for this group as is. And then from there, then they'll make the appropriate decisions or whatever it is, whatever direction they're going to decide to go in. And
1: Mo, let me just add this to, you know, as, if you're sitting there at Golden State and you're assessing the rest of the Western Conference, look at the top of the Western Conference right now. Minnesota, younger basketball team. OKC, younger basketball team. We talked about Sacramento, younger basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you're going to be chasing those guys, and then you got Utah, who's ahead of you in the standings now. They're not at the top, but you know, again, younger, yep. Houston, younger. So that's what you're up against. So that's what to do a trade at the deadline. I mean, obviously, Steph Curry would be somebody that would net you a lot, but you're not going to trade him. No, but Clay, Clay, but Clay, yeah, but Chris Paul's contract. What, yeah, he's kind, but what would that net you right now? See, that's the that, that's the big question I would have. And I'm not so sure it would net you enough for you to make this huge run uh, during the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe it does. I, you know, maybe there's this a trade that comes up that we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks that, uh, I, you know, I didn't foresee. But um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know, they got a lot of tough decisions to make and, and, yep. and,
0: uh, ahead of them. So that's yeah. well, here's what it is now. The third team on my list. A little bit controversial. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are a team that needs to make a move. Not to contend for a title this year, but I think the sooner that they make this move, the better. We spoke about it last week. We spoke about it even yesterday, BJ. Um, The point guard situation with Darius Garland being out and Donovan Mitchell stepping into that role and playing great. When Darius Garland comes back and then you've got Donovan back at a two, maybe you don't carry on winning games like you do right now. And then with Evan Mobley being out and Jarrett Allen playing amazing... It's another similar situation where you've got two guys who like to occupy similar areas, do similar things. And it just feels like with both of those positions, they might be better spaced in putting that talent elsewhere on the court in terms of a trade. I don't know which ones they'd move. And I think Donovan would be the more likely one to be moved because of the uncertainty that he brings to the franchise with everyone always worried about him wanting to leave. But I think that move needs to be made in Cleveland Or you're just going to see it, you're going to see the move needing to be made when it's glaringly obvious to everyone in the face where you will lose some leverage.
1: Great points. Um, What I see and what we don't know is Cleveland right now, they're playing terrific basketball with Donovan at the point. So what are their internal conversations right now? Mm. They may see it they, they may see it the same way that mm-hmm. BJ sees it. That Donovan's got to be a point, the point guard. Mm-hmm. And maybe they look at moving the other guy. Yep. Um, but again, they're probably that decision probably won't occur until the offseason. Okay. Because to your point, you got to know for sure what's going to happen with Donovan Mitchell. You know, mm-hmm. now if you can get him to agree to an extension, if that's the way you lean in and he really likes it there and you want to keep him, then you may have to trade the other guard. Assuming it doesn't work. Uh I think it's, you know, we've seen a big enough sample size that there there's a lot of concern with that small of a backcourt. Let's just be frank. Mm-hmm. They're both excellent players. Um, but Darius Garland has been a little more injury prone than what has what Donovan has been. Uh, so I'm sure that will factor in. A young player like Mobley, I really like him and his talent. Mm-hmm. And I do. I and I think he and uh, and Jared Allen can play together. Okay. We haven't seen the full scope of of um, Mobley yet. I think this guy's gonna be. He can develop into a a good shooter, even out to the three point line. I you know watch this guy in college, highly skilled don't think that uh, he's been utilized as much as I would have liked to see them be utilized. Absolutely. But they've been been guard, dominant and guard heavy. So trying to get that to work and... and, Yeah, maybe clearing
0: up that point guard position will help his game,
1: you know. Or it could could help his game a ton. So we have not seen him really with just the one guard or just playing with
0: uh, Donovan by himself. Yeah, because like the amount that he gets used, the amount of touches and stuff is not what you would expect for a player who was picked at where he was picked and with his potential... So it's going to be interesting to see which teams decide to step up and make moves. But I want to ask you guys, we're halfway through the season now. It's time to rank your top five contenders. Starting at five and going up to one. I know BJ hates doing things like this, but now Scott's here. There's no ducking and hiding, B. So Scott, (laughs) I'll let you go first. From five to one. One being the strongest contender right now. Give okay. us your list and then we'll all do our list and then we'll I, get into it. Okay. Oh, 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 then we'll get into it.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just going to give you the names of the teams first. Yeah. In order. At, in order. At number five, your favorite, Mo, the Philadelphia 76ers. Don't let me. Number four, the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets. Number three, the Milwaukee Bucks. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. N- number two, and I wouldn't have said this probably a few weeks ago, but I'm saying it now: the L.A. Clippers.
0: Oh!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I take, I take exactly. <laughs> and number one, wait, this, really is, this like is this is this is crazy because huh? okay, yeah, okay. And, and and number one. And I see you have the images behind you. your Boston Celtics. Hey. Uh,
0: All right, hey, Mo, that's hey, my hey. five. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, that's crazy. We're going to get into that in a sec. BJ, hey, I'm going you on this. Yours, All right.
2: At five, Sixers. Four, Nuggets. Three, Suns. Woo. Two,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Bucks. And number one, Celtics. Celtics. So you both have the Celtics as favorites right now.
1: Mo probably don't even have them in the top five. Yeah, Mo, we
0: got the pressure on you, Mo. Here's my list. Number five, I got the Clippers. I got the Clippers. Really? Because because I was looking at this, and, you know, I was just like, they've just got Kawhi Leonard, when it comes to the playoffs, if he's healthy – He's arguably the best player in basketball when it comes to the playoffs. Because every time we see him have a healthy playoff run, there's no denying that. And then you've got James Harden, who's found this amazing chemistry with the rest of the squad right now. And then Paul George, amazing on both sides of the floor. So I've got the Clippers at five. I've got the Timberwolves at four. I've got the Celtics at three. I've got the Sixers (laughs) at two. And I've got the Denver (laughs) Nuggets at number one.
2: <laughs>
0: Most trolling right now. Most trolling. Yeah, trolling. You know what? exactly. That's not even a yeah. real list. Yeah, yeah Mo, That's
2: yeah, not Mo, even a yeah, real list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Mo, that, that <laughs> does not go with how you've been talking. Least with yeah, i yeah, own, Exactly. So. Exactly. This yeah, is, yeah, this is uh, the Mo and, and, hate Group
0: agenda list. But, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they can never call me a hater anymore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott, first Wait, of all, you don't have okay. the Nuggets. Oh, you have the Nuggets. I have the Nuggets at four. Yeah, I have
1: a fourth and and the only reason I have them at four right now and BJ talked about it a little bit earlier, not sold on the bench yet. Yeah. It's BJ. You call them a fourth as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, they missing Bruce Brown and Jeff Green uh, can't state their importance enough. Um, And you know, the pressure to repeat is, you know, that's a heavy mantle to wear two for each player, you know, just because you're getting everybody's best shot. So that's why I have them uh, down at four right now. I always have great respect for the defending champions, but I've got to see more from that bench before I move them up the ladder.
0: Okay. Well, I've got the nuggets at number one. Reason being, I look at it like this, who in the Western conference is stopping them? I don't see a single team in the Western conference that's stopping that man, Nikola Jokic. He too two big, He's too smart. He's just too good with it. And when you talk about the bench depth, okay, in the playoffs, you're going to go eight deep, maybe even seven deep in the finals. I'm not too worried about missing Jeff Green and Bruce Brown, given that, you know, I'm expecting by the time we get to the playoffs, these guys on the bench to have improved through building this season, right? you got Christian Brown, who was fantastic for them, Last season, he had a couple of fantastic games in the NBA finals. you got Reggie Jackson, who you can rely on to come in as another ball handler off the bench. And then I really like this kid, Peyton Watson. Mm-hmm. I think that he has the, the potential to surprise a lot of people. And after this year's playoffs, they're all going to be, instead of being like, who's he? They're going to be like, oh, this guy's a really good bench player.
1: One thing I would say, though, Mo, um, about, you know, teams going to AD, yeah, historically, BJ can talk to this a lot, when you get to playoffs, coaches tend to shrink the bench a little bit, at least shrink the rotation night and night. So, you know, you go from maybe nine and a half in regular season to eight and a half to eight in the postseason. However, I'm going to give you an example. though, Because really, it's still extended past those numbers. Last year, Los Angeles Lakers, on their ascent, to the conference finals, Darvin Ham went and plucked Lonnie Walker in a particular playoff game, and he might have been their tenth, eleventh man. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to utilize. And that's when we're talking about the depth of bench. You can go deeper, even though he wasn't in the rotation. The coach felt he had a certain skill set that could help them win that particular game, and he did. Mm, I watched that you. for years. I watched that for years in Detroit too. Especially when we, you know, when Larry Brown was there, we would go to, depending on matchups, Eldon Campbell might go f- for weeks without playing. Or, and then when we got to the playoffs, depending on the matchups, he might not have played the first series. But we were playing a big body in the series two. Guess what? He was going to utilize it. So the ability to have available bodies that could help you in a series. And, and, and the last example I'll use is one where my good friend here was playing years ago with the Chicago Bulls. I'll bring it back up. Uh, Cliff Livingston was not playing at all. Mm -hmm. But he had the energy, the toughness that they needed to combat a Detroit Pistons team, and he was
0: pivotal in helping them win. So uh, you need that depth. That's that's an amazing point. That's an amazing point. So let me now ask you, why you both have the Boston Celtics number one, because last week you said the Nuggets and the Celtics are in the same boat. This week, Mm -hmm. talking about teams who need to make a trade, BJ mentioned the Celtics and the Nuggets, both because of their depth. So why do you have the Celtics at number one and the Nuggets at number four? Is there someone you see on the Mm -hmm. bench of the Celtics that you think can be put in those similar positions? Well,
1: I've always said about the Celtics early on in the year, and they've, this past week, have really confirmed it. I like their starting five, the best in the league. I think they've been the best five in the league. They played that way, had a big win last night going down to Miami and they really handled huge. a very good Miami team. team it, was, it was was huge. Um, Al Horford, we know his experience. So that's, that's your sixth man, or like you say, your sixth starter. So he's going to be reliable when playoff time comes for that team. What I am saying, and not not that I don't still have a little concern, but guys like Peyton Pritchard are going to come in and compete, and I can see him making threes the way they play in a game or two during a playoff series to help them win. I could see a Sam Hauser because now they're getting more games under their belt, more confidence under their belt. Not all seven games in the series, but all you need him is one or two games Mm. to come in and make three or four. So that's why I'm landing on the Celtics as we sit yeah. here today. Now, can that change going into the playoffs? Yeah, if we see, you know, other benches rise and in in ascend
0: or well, moves that. Here's the thing the deadline. for me, as, as much as BJ thinks I'm trolling, Paul Zingis, great when Paul Zingis plays. Yep. Paul Zingis right now is out with a twisted ankle. Yep. Yep. Is he going to hold up until the playoffs? And then when we get to the playoffs, does he know what he's doing late in the playoffs. He, has he been on those stages before? Because the last thing I heard about him in the playoffs was him saying that he just went and stood in the corner when he was playing for Dallas because he didn't like what they were doing. <laughs> you well, know, that, like, so so yeah, it, Tatum, yeah, it, it, Brown, yeah, it, it, Horford, it, it, yeah, White, yeah, cool. Drew Holiday. Yeah. But Orzingis is the question mark for me, as great yeah, as he's been in the regular yeah, season. Th- there's no question. We said that earlier in the year. He's the,
1: the one guy of that starting group that doesn't have the same playoff resume that the other four starters do. He hasn't gone as deep in the playoffs. He hasn't been as in many battles, so he's not as battle-tested. What I am seeing in him now is a growing confidence, and he's very comfortable in the role that he is playing for that team. So you're getting the very best of Kristaps Porzingis now. The pressure of having to carry the load is not there for him, you know. When you mentioned Dallas, he had a little more pressure being the, the second, the option. Second, yeah. second option to Luca. Now, depending on the night, he's third, fourth, or fifth. Mm. Depending on how the game is but going, if he gets
0: hot, he can be first or second.
1: Exactly, but- exactly. So it, 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 it. That's why right now, um, I'm holding them up there. Yeah, that question still is going to have to be answered once we get into that playoff action. But uh, I think the young man is going to want to, He he's hearing those whispers. I think he's going to want to attack that and try to prove people that, hey, no, I'm not a weak link here. They When they brought me in here, this is going to help us win the title. Uh, so, yeah, to, to for me,
0: as it relates to Kristaps, it all gets down to his health. Okay. Well, you know, talking about that depth as well with the Nuggets, for the Celtics, BJ, talk to me. You've got the Suns third on your list.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Why? You know, it's interesting. I it was listening
2: to both of you guys and you, both of you guys had the Clippers. Yes. Both of you guys had the Clippers and. I think most of us will probably say the Clippers did a one eighty after the James Harden trade. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, things mm-hmm. did look good. And suddenly now, when you look at the Clippers and you start looking at their roster, you're going, that's going to be a tough matchup for someone, especially yeah. if they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's mm-hmm. it. And that's, even before they got James Harden they were really good they yep. were already a bad matchup mm-hmm. now with James Harden and i got to give coach Ty Lue credit he Not figured coach out how to integrate that roster russell goes to the bench i thought that was a great display of leadership by him and they figured it out and they they don't even had a lot of they don't even have a lot of depth up front but you know plumlee now is back so mm-hmm. they've kind of figured it out give those guys give those veterans credit so if they're healthy I agree with you guys, but that's a big if, you know, I'm living out here in LA we've been waiting now for some years and it hasn't happened. But when Kai, when, 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 our man, Ka- Kawhi is healthy, there's nothing to be said. Exactly. City. exactly. So yeah. I will say that now, but Phoenix, the reason I had the Phoenix, the reason I had Phoenix was because, you know, I, I think in my heart, I, 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 I'm a KD fan. I love KD. You know, I've watched him now. But last week, he had a couple forty-point games, and I'm just saying, you know what? I, I I just think with his experience, his resume, now you put in Devin Booker and these guys, even though it's an incomplete roster. When do I say incomplete, you, do you I think, think they, they
0: win a, a seven-game series against
2: the Denver Nuggets? I think they have a shot. I think they have a shot with if, if they went into the rosters as today, because both teams have weaknesses in their roster.
0: Okay, because I have the three teams: the Celtics, the the Nuggets, and the Suns. I think the Suns have the worst bench of those three.
2: Yeah, you you guys are right. I just it's just one of those things where KD is capable for me. You know, when you have a player like a KD, KD is without question. He is an elite offensive player, and as great of a player as Jokic is, KD is capable of playing in that game. There aren't many players that could elevate their game and play at that level. Well, KD is one of them, okay? And if KD X's out Jokic, let's say they both have 40. Now you're talking about Jamal Murray and Devin Booker. Well, that's that's a pretty good one. And now you're saying Bradley Beal and Aaron Gordon. Let's figure out how this plays out. But KD, without question, in my mind, can play at that level in any given series okay i don't care who he plays against mm-hmm. and a lot of times as you guys know when you go into a playoff series when you have the best player in the series you got a pretty good chance of winning that series mm-hmm. and, and kd will be able to play in any series now it's just a matter of the matchups so it was just a wild card you know okay.
0: you know just so- just, a, just a hunch let me ask yes. you guys about this. You both have the Bucks ahead of the Sixers. BJ, you've got the Sixers fifth and the Bucks second. Scott, you've got the Sixers fifth and the Bucks third. I've got the uh, Sixers at second, and I don't even have the Bucks on my list. Reason being, this is quite late in the day to be making a coaching move like this. And the biggest reason for me is, you know, earlier in the show we spoke about them needing an upgrade on the perimeter defensively. I just don't mm-hmm. think they've got the the pieces necessary. To go out and acquire the player that we all want them to go out and acquire, without getting outbid by another team. So, I'm looking at this like I just don't think that they have enough time and enough assets to get the right roster in order for Doc Rivers to guide this team to winning an NBA championship. Why do you guys have well, such a high opinion of the Bucks right now? Well, Mo, first of all, the
1: Bucks were in second place in the Eastern Conference with so a game they ahead are. of Philadelphia prior to the coaching change, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: we saw the defensive woes. Secondly, and most importantly, championship DNA matters to me. Giannis, been a champion. Mm -hmm. Chris Middleton, been a champion. Brooke Lopez, been a champion. So those, you know, Bobby Portis, off the bench champion, you know, they, they. so you've got that championship DNA, and then you go out and get a coach who has won an NBA championship before. So that's why I have them ahead right now of Philadelphia. It's not a slight to Philadelphia. It's just a, it's just a matter of fact. Well, well what I will say about yeah. not too long ago. And again, you're talking about having one of the best players in the world. Again, I'll take Giannis and, and in the combo in any series.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, you know, but in, in for any me. Series, Being the best player. The point of them being second right now, I want to see if they can maintain that because remaining games, they've got the hardest schedule in terms of strength of opponents remaining upcoming, meaning they've had one of the easiest Mm schedules so far. And similarly, the Phoenix Suns have the second hardest schedule remaining. So that's going to be interesting how that shakes out. BJ, if they can't address this point of attack defense, do you still have hope for them in the playoffs? Or are you anticipating them making a move? Absolutely, I do.
2: For sure. Listen... I don't expect a miracle for Doc Rivers or any coach to come in midway during the season and they're going to turn this around. I don't expect that. That's that's an unfair, unrealistic expectation. However, what I do expect is for them from this point moving forward to begin the process of saying, we have a team. No team is perfect. But they're gonna to have to make the commitment to playing a certain brand of basketball that is championship caliber basketball. They have the second best record in the Eastern Conference right now. And I don't know if Scott agrees with this or not, but they haven't played championship caliber basketball all year. Nope. Oh, I agree with that. No, I don't I don't disagree with yeah. that statement. And mm-hmm. and and when I and I'm saying that is to say there's a lot of room for improvement with this group. Yes. As good as their record indicates, you can't win a championship playing that brand of basketball. Now that I agree with. Yep. We can talk about whether the coach should have been responsible for that or mm-hmm. the players or who, we can debate about that. However, it's one thing that I can say here. That's not championship caliber basketball and they weren't going to win the championship playing the way they're currently playing. Now, I don't know what was needed cuz I'm not in that locker room, I'm not in there around their team, but I do know if you just look at their record, you say, "Well, they must be doing something right. They're 31 and 10 or whatever their record is." But you and I and all of us here know, no, that's not going to get it done. So, mm-hmm. I think Doc will begin that process with them. Unfortunately, you know, someone had to lose their job to get through to this group, but I think this group is going to have to make a change yep. in how they're going to play, how they're going to address, but more importantly, those veterans, yep. especially at the front, right? Meaning those, those guards who are the front of attack are going to okay. have to figure something out if they're going to give themselves a chance to be a champion this year, because clearly All of their chips are into the middle of the table. Now, the organization has said that. So I think this group now is going to have to go out there and figure out how to play at that level. And it's not an easy thing, especially for someone like a Damian Lillard. This is a we can't forget this. Damian Lillard has it. This is a new expectation for Damian Lillard as well. Like no one has said that. Individually, mm-hmm. he's been an all star. Individually, he's one of the top 75 players, and da 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 da. His accolades go on and on. However, this is the first time Damian Lillard's been playing where he's said where he knows he's going to the playoffs, and the expectations here is not to get to the playoffs, is to win the whole thing. So, this is brand new for him, too. And I think that's something we need to take into account.
1: BJ, you coach. mentioned, yeah, right. You- <clears throat> You mentioned something about the players. And it, it, it made me think, look, whenever there's a coaching change, especially like this in the middle of the season, and I don't know how the, the decision ultimately came about. Was you know, was it solely the front office? Was it input from players? Whatever the case may be, it doesn't matter now because the focus now though turns to the players, because there is a perception out there that you know the, the players either weren't playing up to their capability, weren't buying into what was being sold. Whatever the issue was, we're here now with a new coach. And BJ knows this. Now, each player's got to look in that mirror and say, mm-hmm. oh, I've got to up my game and up my ante because there's something that I, I, we have not been doing or I haven't been doing as an individual player. And each player is going to say that. And so you'll have that as a I'm going to call it a rallying cry, if you will. But that's something that I think you're going to get from the players. Now you're going to get an, an increased focus and ability at that end because they know that was a shortcoming. They know a guy was fired because of it. And then doc to BJ's point can utilize that channel that in the right way, hopefully for this team, you know, to a deep run in the playoffs, ultimately to the finals and, and, the ultimate goal of winning the championship.
0: Well, the one team that I had that you guys didn't have is currently second place in the Western Conference, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm, I want to yeah. know why you guys don't mm. see them as serious contenders when well, it comes we to know, <laughs> Mo, Well, we want to know, why you was...
2: have them the second. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: Mo, go yeah, if, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Explain, explain some, them, Mo, and we'll... Some would say I have them there because of everything I've said about Rudy Gobert over the years, and if they did win it would look very bad for me. But others would say that I've picked them there because I like their depth. I think that they've got, when we, when you look at the players coming off their bench, amongst all the teams you have mentioned, they've got one of the stronger benches. You know, they've got Nas Reed, they've got Carl Anderson, they've got Nikhil Alexander-Walker, they've got guys that can come off the bench, get it done. And then they've got Anthony Edwards, who has that star factor. He plays both ends of the court. He can lock guys up. On the other end of the court, if he takes another leap when we get to the playoffs and really cements himself as a superstar in this league, I like what they do. They've got the best defense in yeah. the NBA, and I can't go against the best defense in the NBA.
1: Look, they have played terrific basketball to this point, uh, and they've earned the right to be uh, in first place right now. That has not been given to them. I'm with you on Anthony Edwards. Love his game. Think he's one of the top 10 players in the game today. But the only reason I don't have them there right now is because they I have not seen them in playoff basketball. I mean, last year they were, you know, well, some of the, the nuggets said that they they're were the right. hardest opponents yeah, yeah.
0: that they had last season, even though yeah, it was a first-round right. exit for them.
1: Yeah, right. But I I want to see them get, get in, lock horns, and 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 get past the first round. Um, and so that's the only reason why I didn't have them there right now, just because. There's not a ton of playoff experience there. I've watched them some games where they have um, really not shown um, Hmm. championship caliber play in terms of closing out games. I just watched them the other day against the Charlotte uh, Hornets. Hmm. We're not a very good basketball team right now. At home, they were in total control of the game. And to lose a game like that, yeah, look, losses happen to inferior teams during the course of a regular season, but not often in that matter. So that raised a little concern for me. So uh, I'm not off of the Timberwolves. I like the team, but uh, as you're asking us to assess you, this right
0: now. I agree with you with what you said about that game, but I like that as a wake-up call, as a wake-up well, call see. for them.
1: Yeah, well, we're going to see if they use that as a wake-up call. I
0: I I, I agree with you totally. All right, so real quick before we get out of here, because I know we're on a time limit, which team are you guys looking at this week and focusing on Because for me, it's got to be the Milwaukee Bucks. As Doc Rivers comes through that door, I know BJ says we've got to see 20, 25 games, but I, I said to BJ earlier this week, Scott, just to bring you up to speed, if you didn't hear the episode, I want to see if their defensive intensity, especially those guards we've talked about so much today, improves now that the, the former coach is no longer there. I'm looking at the, at the Bucks, but Scott, I wanted to get your take on that coaching change that they made because you didn't get a chance to air that on the show this week
1: i know adrian griffin work with adrian griffin traded for him when i was an executive out in seattle Worked with him in orlando i think he has the makings of a fine basketball coach so you hate to see that so let me just start there but this is the nba this is big boy business their window to win a championship is now the Bucks obviously made that decision feeling that there was a disconnect some somewhere, and then they felt that Adrian to be the guy to lead them where they want to go right now. So, to get Doc Rivers, look, Doc's career sp- really speaks for itself. I mean, he, he's first and foremost, he's an excellent communicator. Um, he has shown the ability to lead men and deal with a variety of personalities. And he has a championship under his belt, even though it was a little while ago back in Boston. So um, you bring in a championship coach. Now you're saying to your players, okay, we've upgraded the leadership on the bench. Now it's up to you to perform. And that's kind of how I look at the, the trade. And uh, to your point earlier, though, the last thing I will add, I do think they need to show more quickly out of the gate. Normally we talk 20, 25 games, but in terms of at least Mm -hmm. the effort and the focus and going after 50, 50 balls and what they're trying to do defensively, the hustle plays. plays, I need to see that day one because you made this change and that was, that's been lacking. So let's see if that can be spurred
0: on right away. BJ, which team are you watching this week? Very closely.
2: I'm watching the New York Knicks. <laughs> oh, they be, I'm new, watching, they be yeah, cooking. I'm right watching
0: now. the New York what was it, Knicks. What was it? Blue and orange skies over there, VJ. Hey, huh? hey, exactly. Hey, hey, hey. Hashtag like New
1: York Knicks. You, you know, and Spike Lee are watching them. I know. Yes, you and Spike Lee got exactly. watching, I got to get my orange
2: glasses. I got to get. <laughs> uh, uh, my Yankees cap, my Knicks cap, whatever it is I need to get. <clears throat> but I'm going to watch the Knicks. And right now, what a win last night, okay? I mean, they... Against they, the Nuggets. Five straight the wins. Nuggets. They're playing terrific. However, I, I'm I'm proceeding with caution with the Knicks. And here's why. I don't have the stats, Mo, and you, you, you're the stats guy. I don't know what the bench minutes has been since this trade. But I just been hearing a lot and they've been winning with Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, OG. And every time I watch the Knicks, I just see the starters. Now, yep.
0: maybe this is a Tom Thibodeau I, coach team. This is, I don't know why we see guys, bro. No, maybe uh, when I run them into go the to another
2: game, that's when this, the, the, the bench guys are playing. But whenever, when I watch the Knicks. It's always Brunson,
0: Randall. It's like the, man, those guys. Man, I, I, I feel like I'm just gonna send some packs of ice to OG's house. I'm I'm gonna so, get an Amazon shipped out express so, now, because They're winning right now. <laughs> the Knicks, they have a
2: massive fan base. Everyone's feeling good. Da-da-da-da-da-da. However, we've all we get to the playoffs and we know this is a marathon. And, and and what these guys are gonna look like playing all these heavy minutes that they're playing. So I wanna be watching the Knicks not so much whether they win or lose, I'm just watching the distribution of minutes because mm-hmm. these guys are logging a lot of minutes, and those minutes add up. And we know and and mm-hmm. and it takes a very special and a rare athlete to be able to log these level of minutes and then perform in the playoffs when the intensity is higher you your, your, your playing against better competition. So I'm just going to watch the Knicks, watch the minutes, see how that plays out. And then um, for all the Knicks fans, hopefully, hopefully, because I was listening today and now all of a sudden, everyone's talking mm-hmm. to Knicks. They expect to be in the conference finals. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start, I'm going to tune in now and take a, Deep dive into yeah, what's going on over there in the in, in, in New York Knicks uh, in Madison Square
0: Garden. Man, I just wish that I stayed in better shape because Tom Thibodeau seems to have a thing for guys from the UK that can play some defense because he had luo Deng, played him about 45 minutes a night. Now he's got yeah, OG. Exactly. <laughs> he ain't letting that guy rest. And I just think, you know, if I was in a bit Man. better shape and I could play 45 minutes, Tom Thibodeau might, might want me on his team too. You know, Scott, which team are you watching this week? Well, we talked a little bit about them earlier, but I am looking at the Phoenix
1: Suns, winners of seven. They've been cooking, yes, they're winners of seven straight, but now they're going on the Eastern Conference road swing. I think they're at Indiana, uh, they're at Miami, they're at Orlando.
0: Gets easy with Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Yeah, did it with Washington? Yeah. They can stack up three wins there easily so, so, before yeah. they face the Bucks.
1: But let's see if they can go on the road and really extend this streak, get a double-digit streak. Uh, hey, Devin Booker is doing a really nice job playing on the ball and you know, continuing to score, yet distribute some. Um, it seems like the the chemistry between he, Bill, and Kevin Durant is really coming together. So I'm interested to keep following them, watching them, and just see um, how much they continue to gel. And and uh, again, um, they're a team that you guys mentioned here that people are going to expect to to make some noise in the in the playoffs. So this is this is a big road stretch for them uh, to really uh, stay afloat in the standings. They I think they're fifth right now. Mm. Uh, can they move up can they move up into four
0: or even three and I think this road trip will uh, go a yeah, long way right now they're three games kind of behind that. the Clippers who are in fourth but only time will tell let us know in the discord which teams you guys at home are watching you can join the discord community by hitting the link in the description and while you're there make sure you subscribe to the show on YouTube Spotify Apple or wherever you get your podcast from Scott BJ thank you once again for joining BJ Best of luck for this Sunday. I'm going to be rooting for you guys. I'm going to be rooting for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens. (laughs) 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 If we don't lose, we're going to be here next week. So, (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you guys next week. And until next time, get buckets.